0: Welcome back to Break Check, your source for automotive knowledge from the Northwest School. Today, we're going to be talking about the weird and wacky world of SUV coupes and kind of weird body styles on... Certain rare vehicles that don't really sell that well, but manufacturers still decide to make them. We're also going to be answering one of our questions that we got from our Microsoft forums, which is about EVs and specifically the Volkswagen van. And then Seiji will do a update on his his wheel that he has for sale and what has been sold. So yeah, Lewis, kick us off.
1: Yeah, I'll kick things off here. And just a reminder to everyone who's listening: if you have any questions, suggestions or just something that you'd like to say if you'd like to leave us a note. We have two options. We have our email, nwsbreakcheck at gmail.com. At the bottom of this podcast, we also have a link to a Microsoft form in which you can do all of that there. So we've created a platform and kind of a one-stop shop for all your questions. Seiji, if you could tell us about what you have listed on eBay, that would be super cool.
2: (laughs) I'll, I'll kick it off by saying thank you to the people who bought my wheel and my shifter, I still have a pedal set for sale. I'm asking 170 dollars. It's the Thrustmaster T3PA pedal set. If you would like to buy it, click the link in the description.
1: Those pedals typically retail for a little over 200 dollars on Amazon, but Sanji's pedals on eBay are in like mint condition. They've barely been used, and you'll save 30 bucks if you go there.
2: I've used them for about a year. I've kept them really clean, really good condition, no scratches, the wiring works, and electronics work perfect, pretty much as good as new. Go check that out if you're interested in sim racing, and thank you, Lewis, for listing that on your eBay account. Okay, SUV Coupes.
0: Sure. The warm weather out, I've been driving around, going to cross-country practice and whatnot, and I've been noting the various cool cars that I've been seeing, and I've with the warm weather, I've been seeing a couple convertible Ferraris and that kind of stuff. But I've been seeing a lot of these SUV coupes around. And I've just kind of been thinking, what really inspired this? Who was the person that decided this is the car that will sell? I remember the first example of an SUV coupe that I ever saw in real life and that I heard of. I think I was back in probably like fourth or fifth grade, and I played this game called Asphalt 8, which at the time was like all the rave. And they had the Mercedes GLC 300 featured on that game. And that's an SUV coupe. And I was like, that that looks crazy. It's like a monster truck, but an SUV. And it's like a lifted sedan. And I remember I saw one in real life. And I was just thinking like, that is so cool. What what a cool idea. Like a massive sedan. I kept seeing it. BMW came out with the X6 and the X4 respectively. And then Tesla kind of adopted the shape with their Model X and the Model Y even, too. So that's just kind of been the generic Tesla shape ever since. But what this really is, is this modern vehicle that's supposed to be off-road inspired, but really, I don't. I can't see anyone ever taking this off-road. And what they are doing is they're taking sedans, lifting them up a little bit, putting body kits on them, and then selling them as an SUV when they're really just a sedan. And it doesn't benefit you in any way because usually you buy an SUV for more space, but this is literally a Mercedes C-Class with more ground clearance. No more extra space. So completely unconventional, like arguably unusable vehicle, but for some reason they sell not as much as a traditional SUV, but... I guess they, they work and they're still making them, but it's just, it's, to me, it's just a funny vehicle. And I really want to see if this trend will continue in the future.
2: You mentioned Teslas. I have noticed that pretty much all Teslas have that shape. And if you look at pictures side by side of all of the Tesla models, they're kind of all that shape. They just have different sizes, different lengths, different amounts of ground clearance the model s would be longer it's longer than the model three and then the model three is a little bit smaller but it kind of has that suv coupe shape then there's the model y which is kind of a lifted model three that's maybe a little bit bigger and then there's the model x which is a slightly bigger model y with the goal wing doors tesla uses some fancy term for it but i just call them goal wing doors
0: with the particular gold wing doors you know when those open up that looks really cool and i think the whole attention grab with these cars is that it's an suv that stands out you want to buy a car that people have and you know about but then you see this coupe variant and you're like that's unique you know my buddy has a glc that's the normal suv version but i'll get the coupe because it looks unique and i'll stand out so i think that's the main thinking behind purchasing a vehicle like that and also it Probably is supposed to look like a sports version of an SUV, like a sport car, because now we're starting to see cars like the Audi RS Q8, which that's an SUV coupe, but it's got a V8 in it and it's essentially a detuned Lamborghini Urus. And that moves me on to the kind of Lamborghini taking on this this form as well, where Lamborghini basically took an Audi A7, which is already kind of like a coupe four-door sedan, lifted it up and rebadged it a new engine and called it the Lamborghini Urus. So you have this idea of a sport SUV that kind of looks like a sports car and now Ferrari is going to be introducing their SUV type car that will undoubtedly be a coupe.
2: There's the Ford Mustang Mach-E, the new electric Mustang that's an SUV coupe. The back is very slanted.
0: Yeah, that falls into the category.
2: There's stuff like the X6M and the X4M that are supposed to be sports cars and they're supposed to be more sporty looking than their traditional SUV variants being the X3 and the X5.
0: I think what Ford is trying to do with the Mach-E, specifically Mustang Mach-E, is keep that brand identity of a Mustang. So in order to make it look like a Mustang, they had to make it a coupe to give it that fastback Mustang aesthetic. So it's probably a lot of that. I just, I also think it's weird that they would call an SUV a Mustang. I mean, yes, it does surround hype. You know, it's like you you think of a when you, you think of a Mustang, you don't think of an SUV. So when someone calls a must an SUV a Mustang, you're like, oh wait, that's not a real Mustang, and it looks like a Mustang. So it kind of ties people into the idea. And then, of course, by using that brand name, you think of it as a sporty vehicle. Which I I think I like to think the Machi is kind of a sports SUV.
1: I just want to jump back to the Tesla comment. For the model x elon musk refers to them as falcon wing doors for the infamous doors that can go up no matter what kind of an area you're in if you're parked right next to a car won't ding them i have never been into tesla model x but i've seen so many videos on them it would be something i'd really like to do but it's funny because when we look at tesla in comparison to a lot of the other american automakers Tesla is pioneering that sloping roof back design for some of their vehicles, like the Tesla Model Y. But when you look at Buick and Cadillac, Buick is like the Enclave and Enclave Avenir, and then you compare those to the BMW Mercedes counterparts, we see that the Germans are leading this this field. And with Audi being a German company, Merrick mentioned with the RS Q8 and the relationship between that and the Lamborghini Urus as well as the X6M with the 4.4-liter, 617-horsepower V8. And then Merrick knows this quite well. With Mercedes, I believe they have the GLC 43 coupe, 0 to 60. On the Mercedes-Benz website, it says 3.6 seconds for the 503-horsepower, 9-speed automatic GLC
0: coupe. 63. That would be a GLC 63 S coupe. GLC 63 S coupe. That uh, has the engine from the C63, 503 horsepower, and then wow. the GLE has 603 horsepower. That's a lot of horsepower in an SUV.
1: Yeah, and that's the bigger one, right? It's a little bit bigger than the. It's like a the GLC on steroids, right? Yeah. So hence, hence the name GLC.
0: That's a C-class platform, and then GLE is an E-class sedan raised up. So that's why you get the bigger platform.
1: I got you. I got you.
2: Now we need a, a GLS, a lifted S class <laughs> with a with a big V twelve.
1: That'd be amazing. Mercedes, they have the. We were talking about this, I think, a few days ago, when we met up on our YouTube video. We were talking about how Mercedes has bouncing suspension in some of their higher tier performance models, and Cadillac, Buick, are starting to focus on, especially, I think, GMC. Chevy and Cadillac are focusing on that Tahoe platform, but there's really no SUVs that come from those auto manufacturers that have the sloping rear roof line.
0: With the roof line in particular, I think... The line of a coupe is starting to be more and more blurred these days because originally a coupe is a two-door sports car. But now you get these things Mercedes pioneered it with the CLS, the four-door coupe style. So we're talking about these with the SUVs, but they also have these sedan versions like CLS and a CLA, and then Audi has the A7 where these are sedans that have swept-back hatchback tails rear in the back. So it's like an hat, extended hatchback but they call it a coupe, and you know, it just begs the question is this really a coupe? Should you just be calling this a four door sedan with a hatchback? Good name for it. Audi calls it a sportback, and I think that's a better name than a coupe, a, a four door coupe.
2: To be fair, they call all of their models with a hatch a sportback. They call the A3 that Merrick has a sportback. They call Day for Avant, a sportback. <laughs> yes, I think a sportback is a fitting name for what we call an SUV coupe.
1: A lot of these auto manufacturer, manufacturers are trying to redefine the term coupe. They can create a designation for their particular sportback or SUV coupe models.
2: And while we're on the subject of strange body styles, can we touch on two door slash three door wagons or also called a shooting brake? I find those very interesting because they have a hatch. The trunk goes all the way up past the top of the rear windshield, but it only has two doors. Normally, wagons have four doors, five including the hatch, but shooting brakes are kind of a a two-door wagon. I find those very interesting and sporty-looking. Volvo used to make uh, one in, like, the... 80s or 70s Uh,
0: a good example of this is the austin martin vanquish if you're familiar with this car it's like a v8 coupe sports car and then they partnered with the italian design design firm zagato to make the vanquish zagato shooting brake so it is basically a vanquish with a hatchback on the back And it's like this extended wagon design. So it's a wagon, Austin Martin. It's absolutely beautiful.
1: This reminds me of the Ferrari. I think it's the F12 Berlin. Yeah, F12. Yeah. I'm looking at the Zagato or the Aston Martin Vanquish Zagato shooting brake. Beautiful car.
2: The BMW Z3, which the hard top, you could call it a hatchback, but it's kind of more sleek and low and longer than a hatchback. I'd call that a, a shooting brake or a two-door wagon. And there's the, the Chrysler Crossfire. That's a really good example.
1: Another thing that we wanted to touch on today relates to our Microsoft form, where we offer you the opportunity to ask us questions, suggestions, or just provide us with, a recommend, with any recommendations. And this question comes from one of our Northwest School teachers, Jennifer Ford. It's related to electric vehicles and the new Volkswagen van. So question one has to do with the Volkswagen bus breakdown. Merrick, could you provide a breakdown of that?
0: Volkswagen, like many other German car companies, is kind of frightened with how successful Tesla has been doing in the market recently. So they need a way to have a counterattack. And what they see is the best idea is to have their own brand. So Mercedes has EQ, which will be their full electric thing. I believe BMW has like the I designation. They have like the new I4, which will be their all electric 4 series sedan. And Volkswagen was the first to come out with this ID series. So the first real consumer car will be the ID3. But what I'm kind of targeting the Volkswagen bus as is that car will be the flagship model for the Volkswagen ID series. Now, this bus prototype has actually been out for a while now, and it was always going to be electric, and they wanted to bring back the good old Volkswagen bus. So it's famous for being constantly delayed. Who knows if this is actually going to be a car that is put into production. It's a cool concept for now. I assume it will eventually happen, and it will be the flagship vehicle, kind of like an SUV size for the ID brand under Volkswagen. But yeah, it's not coming for a while, though a lot of people love it for its cool, quirky looks.
1: BMW's had the i line for a while. I know they have the i3, which was popular. Los Angeles County has leased about 80 i3s. So those have been popular within kind of the government. And then Seattle, DOT, Seattle Permanent Transportation, they lease a few Nissan Leafs for their parking enforcement. But it's really unique and it'll be cool to see Volkswagen with the ID program, what they can do here with the Volkswagen bus. And in particular, Jennifer's question was if we had any suggestions or perhaps electric vehicle recommendations. And Merrick did a beautiful job summing that up there. There's a lot of hype surrounding Tesla as the newcomers, but a lot of these older brands such as Volkswagen, Mercedes and BMW have established themselves within the, in the automotive industry. And so they have a lot of loyal customers who would like to see them come out with these electric vehicles. Volkswagen's in a weird little phase right now where there there's two engine vari- variants that are quite common and quite popular. It's the 1.8 liter turbo engine, which is found in the Golf Alltrack as well as the Volkswagen Golf and a few of the other vehicles. And then they have an engine that creates a little more horsepower. I think it's around 270. That's also a four cylinder as well. So they're downsizing, but they're sticking with these four-cylinder engines that have six-speed automatic. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the Volkswagen van because those vans are really popular. And that's something that could compete with the Mercedes Sprinter vans, which are increasingly popular in Seattle as people like to have offices that they can move around. Our other recommendations for Jennifer as far as electric vehicles would go, Chevy Volt, and that starts at 36,620. Nissan Leaf, they've improved that, they've improved the range. The Kia Niro, Hyundai Kona EV, those are, both of those are around 39, 37,000, and as well as Seiji's car, which is and, the-, um, the- the Niro and the Kona are also crossovers SUVs. So yes. it's more of a larger vehicle. That's something to point out as well and my personal favorite that's also a crossover is the volvo xc40 recharge that's the most expensive of the crew but i called our sales associate at volvo cars bellevue and he said their last time when i talked to him he said that they would be available in four to six weeks at volvo cars bellevue a lot of people are starting to order those right now so those have become increasingly popular seiji has the mini you want to take it away yeah so
2: if you've been if you've been listening to our podcast for a little while you might know that my family recently bought the 2021 mini cooper se and from the outside it looks almost exactly like any other cooper s but it has an extra letter at the end, e and that's for electric because they took out the turbo four-cylinder or three-cylinder depending on which trim level you get and they put an electric motor right where it was most of these brands cars like tesla they're building cars from the ground up with the battery and the motors at the bottom kind of in the middle whereas this was a combustion car and they electric swapped it. We love it. It drives great, super comfortable, it handles really well. We it's a great car. Two problems with it. If it's your only car, it kind of has a short range about 110 to 120 miles. That might be a little bit short for what you're looking for, but it's good enough for us. We just do city city driving in it and the other one is it's not very big. It's called a Mini for a reason. It's pretty small. You can fit groceries in it, fit your sports equipment in it, but you can't really take a road trip in it for those two reasons. You can't fit your luggage, and you can't drive far enough on one charge. If you're just going to do city driving, I think it's a great car, and if you're looking for a slightly bigger alternative. You could go for the Mini Countryman SE, which is a crossover SUV type of thing, but it's hybrid. So if you want all electric, that wouldn't be the choice, but that's a great car. I've seen a couple around.
0: The Countryman is definitely the most popular vehicle in Mini's lineup. Because it is a mid sized SUV. So, adding that hybrid functionality to it is a great capability. The Cooper SE, the all electric version, is definitely a pure city car. I believe it was the only car with like a less than 200 mile an hour r- range, um, 200 mile range uh, for sale in the US this year. Uh, and it's the lowest range EV for sale. So, that's definitely marketed for city buyers. And of course a mini has always kind of been that kind of car. You know, you you don't buy these cars because you need to haul a bunch of stuff. They're purely just little runabouts for whatever small uses you need it for.
2: The Volkswagen ID4. that I assume would have the same powertrain as the ID buzz, which is the the van, the bus, but it's a crossover SUV. All the e-tron lineups there's the A3 e-tron. Which is the all electric newer version of Merrick's car? There's, um, I believe there's an SUV that's just called eTron, but those are a little more expensive than other things we've listed.
1: I'm here on Auto Trader, and one car that I've become obsessed with is Hesla Model X Performance, because they're going for about $156 a day if you rent them on a on a site called Turo. And so I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen, if that's something I can do. But yeah, uh, the benefits of electric vehicles would be the fact that you can plug in each night and you're relying on your own fuel source and that you don't have to go to a gas station. So you have a high level of convenience, as well as a company like Tesla, they have the supercharging networks. So if you're doing a lot of city driving, those networks are becoming more readily available. Good for the environment instantaneous torque this model x performance does zero zero to 60 in 2.6 seconds which is insane for a seven passenger suv with ludicrous mode that's one of their performance features but if you look at a bugatti Veyron, at 2016 one i believe did zero to 16 2.5 so this thing is up there in sv Aventador SVJ, pretty much hypercar and almost supercar levels of instantaneous torque when it comes to the first 60 to 100 miles per hour. It's a rocket.
0: In terms of acceleration figures, um, a lot of people don't know this, but electric cars are actually known for accelerating quickly and then dying off very soon. A lot of EVs, their top speed is like 110 miles an hour, which compared to their gas-powered variants is nothing. So that's another interesting thing to notice is that they may be really quickly quick at accelerating, but they really can't hold that high speed. So it kind of begs the question of, electric like motorsport in the future, you know, how how are they going to deal with that where cars can't really be traveling at 200 miles an hour yet? I mean, the technology probably will eventually go there, but right now it's not at that point. And I mentioned previously that there's a lot of companies trying to compete with Tesla and Lewis brought up the Model X and there's a car that to me looks very similar to a Model X, but actually has the badge from a popular American sports car. And that is the Mustang Mach-E don't be fooled by the name. It is not a Mustang. It's actually an electric crossover still made by Ford. I really don't think they should have gone with the Mustang name for that car, but it definitely kind of makes you turn your head to be like, what? That's a Mustang? You, you, you call that a Mustang? So it's very interesting, and it's same shape as a Model X, so it's kind of looks and is priced to compete with the X. So as those are being delivered, which they're coming out right now, they're being built. I'm interested to see how that compares with the Model X. And I've heard from reviews that it actually drives better than an X in terms of like performance driving feel. So that's very interesting to know.
1: Really quick, I saw the one on Mercer Island the other day. It was wild.
2: I think they're about the size and shape of more the Model Y, which is kind of like the Model X, just a little bit smaller. The Model X is the the larger SUV and the Model Y is kind of the crossover. But the Mustang Mach-E, what's really cool about it is kept some of the distinct styling features from the Mustang, like the taillights that have the three beams with the sequential
0: blinkers we could probably go on about these all day but i just want to put one more car in the lineup and of course the prices are shooting up right now but at the very beginning when tesla announced the model s porsche came out with the the tycon so that's like a model x competitor and it is not priced to compete with a model x you're more paying porsche money for like a tesla style a german tesla as well call it so the top trim variant is like two hundred thousand dollars and that's crazy money for uh, an electric car and it's interesting that a lot of porsche owners are typically older people so they they probably aren't as keen about the whole electric idea, but nonetheless, I've seen a couple Tycon Turbo around, and they actually just came out with the Cross Turismo version of that car, which is a wagon. So now there's a electric wagon Porsche, which I think is very cool to have the idea of an electric wagon, and if you know me, I love my wagon. So electric cars are definitely becoming I I would a good option for a lot of people. There's good variety in the market and we were talking earlier about SUV Coupes and how that's a weird version of a car. So now we're going to start seeing these trends of weird and wacky versions of electric cars.
1: I agree with that as well. I'm here on the Ford website and I'm taking a look at the specs for the Mach-E. And the GT Performance Edition has a targeted 0-60 to of 3.5 seconds and the slowest Mach-E, the extended range one, as well as it's a rear wheel drive, rear wheel drive package, kind of the base model that has a zero zero to sixty of six point one. And so in comparison to the Tesla Model X, it's about one 1.2 seconds off, 0 to 60. But I wanted to highlight or give attention to the Tesla Model X plaid edition, which is new for this year. It has a 390 mile range. And 0 to 60 in this car on the website is stated as 1.99 seconds. If you just think about that how much like how excruciating that power must be from a 0 to 60 standpoint, I mean like just if you count calculate like 1 2 that's already 60 miles per hour. So just the amount of torque within that car is amazing and we we're also talking about one of the issues with electric cars and that they can't hit a certain top speed. Well, this one has a top speed of 200 miles per hour. So they're they're starting to they're starting to improve and I think Tesla's still leading this field.
0: I would love to see if that car can actually hit that speed. And a lot of European manufacturers test out their cars on the famous track called the Nürburgring. And I would love to see Tesla bring the Plaid to the Nürburgring to see just how a heavy electric car that's that powerful performs on a tight racetrack with a lot of high speed corners that require that lightweight and a lot of grip that the Tesla necessarily doesn't have, but because it has the instant torque, it might be good out of the corners. And with that high speed that they're claiming to have,
1: it could be good on the straightaways as well. I think the interior quality on these Taycans are a lot higher. But it's funny, they call it the Taycan Turbo S and it has no turbos, no turbochargers.
0: Going on the Turbo S name, they got a lot of hate for that when it first came out. And Porsche is trying to say that Turbo S is more of like a performance moniker, like how bmw's got the m competition of like the fastest version so it's a turbo s car may not even have a turbo anymore and that's what they're trying to go with that name so the whole naming convention is going to be completely redone with electric cars where it used to be the numbers on the back of your car had something to do with like the engine displacement or the horsepower but i think that whole system is going to be scrapped in favor of a new ev naming
1: thank you to everyone once again for tuning back into break check i'm joined here by Seiji and merrick <laughs> we're here on episode 11 we just talked about electric vehicles in response to jennifer for its question